Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to the Beautifully Complicated Podcast. I'm your host, Sheena, and I am incredibly grateful that you decided to tune in to this episode. In the What's Happening Now segment, I'm covering the Kavanaugh hearings, Christine Blasey Ford's sexual assault claim, and Serena's defiant moment in the U.S. Opened. In self-care, it's time to take some time for you and get away from everything, especially those who are survivors of sexual assault. Get the self-care you need and deserve at this moment. Finally, in Black Excellence, the spotlight is on a woman who launched the movement that is shifting society, Tarana Burke, co-founder of the Me Too movement. There are no friend hosts this week, so grab your tea and let's talk. Segment one, what's happening now? I have been naughty. It has been too long since I've recorded. Basically, I found myself working on a couple of other initiatives that I'm trying to get some more traction on. And also, honestly, I have been a bit distracted by everything that's been going on in the media. I can honestly say I've had a few too many days where I have found myself falling down the Twitter rabbit hole. You guys are painfully aware of all the things that's happened in the last few months or weeks or however long it's been since I last recorded. It just seems like a blur. But let's talk about it a little bit. Aretha passed, RIP to the Queen of Soul, a real talent lost. Senator John McCain passed. Trump nominated Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. More on that shortly. Insecure came back. Yes. Also, more on that shortly. Trump denied the death tolls related to the two hurricanes that hit Puerto Rico. A hurricane hit North Carolina and South Carolina. There are still children that haven't been reunited with their families at the southern border. Cohen named Trump as a co-conspirator in campaign fraud. Manafort pleads guilty to his crimes and is cooperating with Mueller. Serena stood up for women everywhere and demanded an apology. More on that later. 
and the list literally goes on and on. I know I missed a lot of stuff. That was intentional. I'm keeping this episode relatively short by design, hoping to cover the necessary topics and provide some insight from my perspective and experiences with you guys and hoping that you take that and you craft yours or at least share them. Also, all right, so let's get started. Let's talk about the most talked about topic at the moment, the Judge Brett Kavanaugh nomination hearing and sexual assault allegation. So y'all's president nominated Brett Kavanaugh to be the next Supreme Court justice following the oddly timed retirement of Justice Anthony Kennedy. Kavanaugh comes from the same D.C. Circuit Court where Merrick Garland is the chief justice. Yep, Merrick Garland, the judge that President Obama nominated to the Supreme Court to replace Justice Scalia after his death. The one that Republicans refuse to even hear at all. The one whose seat was subsequently stolen by Republicans after the election of Trump, resulting in the nomination and seating of Neil Gorsuch. Now we're watching as Trump, literally gifted a second seat by Kennedy, is now looking to seat Brett Kavanaugh. But in true Trumpian fashion, Kavanaugh is surrounded by scandal and already not liked very much by the general population. I believe he's about a 30 percent approval rating right now. Kavanaugh's hearing with the Senate Judicial Committee was a sight to behold, quite the spectacle. The Republicans already prepared to vote to pass him on to a final Senate vote, which is going through the motion helping Kavanaugh along in the hearing, asking softball questions and attacking their Democratic counterparts where they will press Kavanaugh on different topics. In the Republicans' eyes, this Federalist Society selected nominee should be an easy rubber stamp selection. Well, the Democratic senators were choosing a different route. Instead, they wanted to ensure that the candidate is truly a good pick for the Supreme Court by pressing him on issues that were near and dear to citizens on both sides of the aisle and understanding his take. Now, Kavanaugh comes off to me as being an evangelical conservative. He has more radical views uh, uh, than the normal conservative. He likes to weave in religious ideology and his interpretation of the Constitution without explicitly doing so. The Constitution states in the First Amendment, quote, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, end quote. You see this? Well, establishment of religion, Christian ideology is being expressed all throughout our government right now. And I say this as a Christian, that's not good. You hear it in Kavanaugh's response of birth control. He called it an abortion-inducing drug. Look, this man doesn't even know what oral contraceptives are, yet he wants to legislate my body based on foolish religious ideology, a religious text that they have no real understanding of, or else they would know that there could be very different meanings for be fruitful and multiply. It could mean... Use your gifts and multiply them to enact change in the world. Those are the seeds within you. Or else how would you explain those who are truly barren till death? Just saying. Anyway, Kavanaugh is obviously tasked with gutting or doing away with Roe v. Wade. Um, the landmark um, decision that allowed abortion to be basically be legal throughout the United States about 40 years ago. 
After all, it was Kavanaugh's judgment that forced a 15-year-old migrant girl who was raped and impregnated along her journey to the U.S., who sought an abortion while in detention, to keep the pregnancy. Yes, Kavanaugh judged that she shouldn't be allowed to get an abortion, that she had no agency over her body. Ladies, this man, who doesn't understand oral contraceptives, want to legislate your body by taking away your rights to choose when you want to have or extend your family. Aside from that obvious misogyny, his time during his hearing, he made a few false claims that would have resulted in any other person being held in contempt. But you know, the Republicans can care less. They just want to move to have their nominee confirmed as soon as possible. He made it through the hearings with a few Democratic senators pressing him on some pertinent issues. Kamala Harris asking about a possible conversation he may have had with someone from Trump's original law firm regarding the Mueller probe. There was Cory Booker's request to have documents released that were considered uh, committee confidential, yet no Democrats were involved in choosing what would be considered committee confidential. A heated argument ensued on this one, resulting in Senator Booker stating that he may be removed from the Senate, but he was going to go ahead and release those documents anyway, and he did. Kudos to Senate Booker for taking a stand on that. Then we had Senator uh, Maisie Hirano. She brought up an email from Kavanaugh about indigenous Hawaiians not falling under any protected group, so not giving the same rights as those who are. She pressed him on this and made note that indigenous Alaskans should also take note of that comment because in Kavanaugh's owls, eyes, as stated in his note, they too wouldn't have a protected status, so can't use that as a reason for discrimination. Whew, child, look, that isn't even the worst that has come out yet. So... About two weeks ago, a major accusation against Kavanaugh came out. Senator Dianne Feinstein, the Democratic ranking member of the Judicial Committee and Senator of California, received a letter from a constituent with a bombshell claim that she was sexually assaulted by Brett Kavanaugh in high school at a house party. On Sunday, or that past Sunday, it was noted that Dr. Christine Blasey Ford was the woman who submitted the letter to Senator Feinstein, noting her assault she endured at the hands of Brett Kavanaugh that included him groping her over her clothes, pinning her down and covering her mouth to prevent her from screaming with one of his friends allegedly standing at the door in the bedroom. Absolutely despicable. If these allegations are true, and I do believe Dr. Blasey Ford, this should be a nail in the coffin for his nomination, right? So Dr. Blasey Ford requested to have the FBI investigate the assault prior to her coming to Capitol Hill to speak with senators. The Republican senators refused to have that happen. The White House... I'm shocked, but I'm not shocked. <laughs> and Republicans are not remotely interested. We're uh, really were not remotely interested in any investigation, and they would have rather have rushed this nomination through. They kept stating over and over again that there is no process that involves FBI investigating such allegations, even though they did the FBI uh, investigate during the Clarence Thomas hearings in the 1990s regarding his assault and harassment of Anita Hill, whom, again, I believe Anita Hill. So, yes, there is. Why won't they investigate? Why wouldn't they investigate, right? Did they truly not care that the woman may have been sexually assaulted by their nominee? Did they just want to rush through before any other allegations popped up? Or is this just purely a power play? Or could it be all three? 
They wanted to solidify their power and don't care about who is hurt in the process. Since the initial allegation by Dr. Ford, we now had a second woman come out who claimed allegations of um, of assault against him from when she was in Yale University or Yale College. We had a third and a fourth come forward and then a fifth. We've had allegations of him participating in a gang rape. We've had allegations of him at least watching women be gang raped all within the past two weeks. Five allegations related to sexual assault of some or some sort of sexual deviance and during times when he was apparently intoxicated. So here's the thing. Women are not often believed when they come forward with any allegations of sexual assault or harassment. They always have to, they're asked to prove it as if proof is easy to come by. Most claims of sexual assault come down to the two individuals involved giving their account of events. That's it. It isn't often that there are witnesses to corroborate the story. The argument used against the accusers often, well, why didn't you come forward after their assault? Which many don't because of the optics, additional pain, disbelief of those they trust, or they are feeling like them, they will be blamed for what they went through. Oftentimes you want to just put it behind you and attempt to continue to live your life as you have. That becomes a difficult task though, all too often. Trauma doesn't allow you to continue on as you did before. It festers like an open wound left untreated, wreaking more havoc on the life of the victim of the attack. That trauma manifests itself in your interactions with people, relationships, how you navigate tougher times in your life. It becomes a feature unwanted yet there. Left unaddressed, it begins to affect your mental health overall, possibly leading to anxiety, depression, etc. Those who were victimized are made to believe that they were to blame for what happened to them. Then they are victimized again because they, ref- they refuse to say something following their attack. It's as if they were the ones in charge of what could be. If they are completely without power during and after the event. They're without power because it is common in our culture not to believe the assaulted. That goes for women and men who are assaulted, girls and boys. It isn't lost on me that boys and men are also victimized by sexual assaulters. However, as a woman, I'm going to speak on it from the perspective of women. We are least often believed. If we are assaulted by men, we are made to question what we did that resulted in the action. Obviously, we did something wrong, right? We dressed inappropriately. We drank too much. We were too flirty. We didn't say no. We didn't fight back enough. We made ourselves the victims of sexual assault. Or we simply are not believed. We are told, quote, boys will be boys. And that nothing, as we stated, probably happened. Dr. Blasey Ford was questioned on Capitol Hill. She went through her encounter with Brett Kavanaugh and his um, friend Mark Judge in great detail talking about what happened to her. She reminded the world while she was speaking of the fact that she is a neuropsychologist, a scientist, and as a, a scientist of the brain, she broke down exactly how this trauma lingers inside of the human brain and how the most traumatic thing that she remembers is them laughing at her. She spoke for four hours before the Senate Judicial Committee telling her story. 
male senators from the Republican side because they're all male, all 11 of them. Consider the Judicial Committee hired someone, a federal a prosecutor, a sex crimes prosecutor to come in and question Dr. Blasey Ford in place of them while the Democrats themselves decided to do their questioning of her and to hear her story. It was a compelling story. As she broke down what happened to her, it was very gracious in her approach. She let the world know at that moment that this absolutely did happen. She was absolutely sexually assaulted. She has been naming Brett Kavanaugh as her assaulter for years. Documented. For years. And the Republicans want you to believe that she misremembers who actually assaulted her. She probably was assaulted is how they look at it. But it wasn't Brett Kavanaugh. It couldn't have been because he's a choir boy. He's a good boy. He doesn't do anything bad, right? So after her hearing, the country was literally rocked. Many women were calling in to C-SPAN and other um, networks to talk about their encounters of sexual assault or rape uh, in their younger years that they never told anyone else about. There was a 76-year-old woman call in to C-SPAN and give her story from when she was in second grade. You see, when you are an, when you are truly a victim, when you are a victim of sexual assault or rape, you remember when it happened. You may not have told anyone for various reasons. I remember back to Maya Angelou um, story when she was raped as a little girl and when she told who the rapist was and he went to jail and next to her, a couple of days later after he got out, he was killed and so she stopped speaking because she felt it was her voice that killed him. See, those types of things are the things that weighs on the hearts of those who are survivors of sexual assault and rape. It's not always talked about right afterwards. But she was pressed as to why. Why didn't you say anything right after it happened? She moved on to California, tried to change her life, give herself a new direction, and to learn everything she could about the trauma she experienced. And then following her hearing, Brett Kavanaugh comes in and the Republicans basically didn't even question him. They yelled at their Democratic counterparts about why they were bringing this up and that this is some type of political farce and yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. And Brett Kavanaugh gave this horrific opening statement that was more political in stance than I have ever seen from any judge who has been who has gone through such a process. It was a complete attack on the Democrats. It was an attack stating it was filled with conspiracy theories, theories about the Clintons. It was insane. And then he was exceptionally disrespectful to the Democratic senators when they asked him questions. He didn't want to answer the questions. He was rolling his eyes and he presses back and questions them. Uh, Amy, Senator Amy Klobuchar asked him, have you ever drank till blackout? And then he turned around and said, have you? Complete disrespect. He wouldn't allow that in his courtroom. He would not allow someone to speak to him like that in his courtroom. Yet he did that to the senators. He had no respect for them, especially the women. But he had no respect for them whatsoever. He was showing who he truly was, if you ask me. He showed us who he is. 
He is the mean drunk that he is shown to be throughout all of these stories and allegations that have come out and how the people who have stepped up and said something. He lied over and over again to the senators when they were asking him questions about things that are written in his calendar and noted in his yearbook. What is a devil's triangle? He claims it as a drinking game when it's really a threesome. Things like that, just lying for no reason. It makes no sense. But this is the guy that the Republicans want to sit on the Supreme Court. Finally, on Friday, there was a vote. And they voted for him down the party lines. Republicans voted for him to be um, submitted, to be voted on by the full Senate for the seat of the Supreme Court Justice. Prior to that vote happening, uh, Jeff Flake, Senator Jeff Flake of Arizona, called out Senator Chris Coons. They stepped out and they had a bit of a conversation because Jeff Flake was actually, um, he was, he had two women had approached him in the elevator and began to give their stories about their own sexual assault and rape and asked him, was it okay for what happens to them to happen to other women? Because that's what he was basically going to vote and say it was okay. That this person doesn't have to actually be held to account for what they've done and they can become still become whatever they want to become, even though they traumatized and hurt someone else. He was pressed by these two ladies right before the vote. And then he goes in and he sits down and right before they decide to vote, he talks to Chris Coons, he talks to Amy Klobuchar, and he makes a decision with them across party lines to say, hey, since you guys keep asking for one week, because all they kept asking for was one week, one week to allow the FBI to investigate. Since you guys are continuing to ask for that, let's do that. He said, I will vote yes to get this out of committee. If we do the one week investigation by the FBI, come back and then we can do our vote for the final decision. That was submitted to the White House. The White House picked it up and said, yes, we will go ahead and submit for the FBI to do an investigation into this claim of sexual assault by Brett Kavanaugh. So we'll see what comes of that. Speaking of toxic masculinity, a few weeks ago, Serena Williams was berated by male viewers for calling out the referee of her U.S. Open match. She dared demand an apology for a call and penalty levied against her for her for coaching by her coach. She pushed the ref on this call. He basically called her a cheater and penalized her a whole game. She spoke up for herself. She spoke up for women everywhere at that moment. She dared to speak. Men chose to say she was throwing a temper tantrum and deserve whatever happened to her. That same temper tantrum we just saw Brett Kavanaugh, by the way, who is looking to become a even killed Supreme Court justice. Just saying. But Serena Williams was having a full meltdown per those same people. She was called emotional, a sore loser. Yet men in her industry have done the exact same thing. Challenge refs, spoken out, disagreed emphatically. They weren't berated in the way that she was. What was the difference? She's a woman. Women aren't allowed to speak up for themselves, especially black women. Women should just be quiet and take what's levied against them. Whatever. (laughs) That's a big no for me. We shouldn't just take it. We should not be quiet. At that moment in that match, Serena spoke for all of us. She reminded us that we have a voice. We have agency. We have the right to speak up for ourselves and demand to be heard. We have the right to demand an apology 
She reminded us not to shrink, but stand tall in the face of opposition. She reminded us that we have power and not to yield that to no one. It was such a powerful moment, a powerful act, a beautiful clarion call to action. I thank Serena for her boldness at that moment, her action of demanding an apology. Thanks, Serena, for showing us just how powerful we truly are. As women, we're often asked to minimize ourselves, be less vocal, be ladies who don't push back. We're told that we should be happy that we're even allowed in the room and just to be quiet or else. We're reminded that there is an old boys club alive and well across many industries who truly aren't open to having women set the platform or be the face. It's evident that misogyny is alive and well in America, just like racism. Then as a black woman, we get an extra layer of nonsense. We're challenged because we dare to be black and woman. Our agency is nearly dissolved in the eyes of those who presume to have authority over us. Let me be clear. You have no power over us. You have no authority over us. You will listen to us or you will be pushed aside. We're over the nonsense and we refuse to bow down and cower. It's a new day. We have come a long way. We have so much farther to go. I'm hopeful that this is only misogyny's last gasp and we will see the end of it. But we shall see. Anyway... We're at the last episode of Insecure. First of all, the season is much too short, short, and so are the episodes. I guess Issa's focusing on ensuring that they are not adding in filler to fill up time and messing up the storyline, blah, blah, blah. I suppose if I looked at it through the lens of a creative, I get it. As a fan, I don't. <laughs> I want more Issa. I want more Daniel. I want more Lawrence. I want more Nathan and Molly and Tiffany. And oh my God, I need and want more Kelly. <sighs> this season has been fascinating. It allowed us to follow the arc of Issa D as she begins to come into herself, finding her footing and making moves. We see her finally moving past Lauren, meeting a new guy, Nathan, a.k.a. Mansford. We see her quitting We Got Y'all after several years of the same old nonsense, getting her own place and finally moving out of Daniel's house and off the couch because, girl, now you shaded Lawrence for that exact same thing. She was able to have a real adult conversation with Lawrence at Tiffany's baby shower, not awkward or immature, but a real conversation. You know what that is? In the words of Kelly, growth. <laughs> I'm glad to finally see some positive change in her life and seeing her finally begin to truly grow up. Adulthood isn't easy. I'm 33 and let me tell you, I miss being 10. <laughs> life was so easy. Decisions were easy. Now, <sighs> adulting as a woman, a black woman in this day and age is tough. You have so much to deal with, right? Relationships, friendships, careers, bills, all in the social media age. Dating has come become as easy as swiping right, yet it's completely disconnected from reality. Friends are excelling in their careers while others are feeling like they're lagging behind and inadequate because they aren't where they thought they would be. It's a whole mood, right? I hear it often from people close to me. I experienced some of it myself. I think Insecure does a good job of capturing what it looks like and feels like to be a millennial black woman right now. Complex, complicated, and in the public eye. I'll check out the season finale. And of course, already missed it. I won't have, um, have to look forward to it on Sunday nights after that.
Before I leave this segment, I want to spotlight something really cool that happened this week. Will Smith bungee jumped from a helicopter over a gorge at the Grand Canyon, and it was insane. My nerves while watching for the jump was on end, and it was as if I was jumping off the plane. I watched live on YouTube as he prepared while Alfonso Ribeiro interviewed him. I watched as the helicopter ascended up. As everyone else did, I saw the look of terror on his face as he clung to the side of the helicopter as it hovered over the gorge. Then I watched as he jumped backward off and free fallen and free fall with only a cable to save him as he dipped into the gorge. It was crazy, but it was very cool. I was exhilarated by it. His friends and family cheered him on. Fans on live stream were frantically donating to the Global Citizen Eradication of Poverty cause he was raising money for. It was phenomenal. When he came down and stepped again on solid ground, he began to speak. He said a few things that I thought were incredibly poignant. He said, you need the terror to experience the bliss. That really stuck with me. You need to experience that thing that you fear in order to get opportunity to experience the joy on the other side of that fear. Fear is a cage. It locks you in, keeps you from realizing your fullest potential. When you allow yourself to just go through whatever you think you're afraid of, you will find yourself along the journey in the place you were meant to be. That is a phenomenal message and one that is near and dear to me because it's because it's one I've often myself held as well. If you haven't watched it, watch Will Smith's 50th birthday bungee jump and listen to him speak to Alfonso Ribeiro afterward. He has a great message that he shares. And if you aren't not already, seriously, if you you got to follow him on Instagram, the guy is hilarious and probably have one of the best accounts on Instagram. Segment two, what's happening now? This week gave us the Dr. Christine Blasey Ford and Bray Kavanaugh testimonies on Capitol Hill regarding the sexual assault allegations from Dr. Ford. Her testimony opened up a lot of old wounds for a lot of sexual assault victims around the country. C-SPAN became the outlet for some of those victims, or survivors, I shall say, to call in and tell their truth. It revealed old pains that many thought were dead and buried. It was a tough Thursday morning. It reminded me of the great need for all of us to become more aware of how secondhand trauma reintroduces our own trauma or drains us. Because of that, I want to encourage all of my listeners to take a break from everything and exercise true self-care. What does that mean? It's time to pull away again. We're moving into the fall months, which is easily by far my favorite season, by the way. So take some time, do some shopping for cozy sweaters and cute boots, take a Saturday and curl up on your couch with a comfy blanket and hot tea while watching those old romantic comedies or scary movies. Take time for you. It's time to put you first again and shut off all the pain that is blaring through the news with all of the reminders of past hurts. Yes, we need to address those, but sometimes we need a break from the trauma. Take this as your break. What does a good breakaway from it all moment look like for you? Sign off social media, shut off the news alert notifications, put on some good music, light some candles, grab that hot tea or coffee and chill out for a few days. You deserve a moment of bliss. Take it. Why allow yourself to be pained if you can control it? 
choose you at this moment and get some self-care. Segment three, Black Excellence. Because of everything that's been going on the last few weeks and really year or so <clears throat> with the Me Too movement, I want to shout out the woman who launched it, Tarana Burke. Often left in the shadows as a black woman, Tarana Burke is the true founder of the movement. She started to use the phrase Me Too in 2006 to account for the pervasiveness of sexual assault in our society. Her phrase caught fire in 2017 with the allegations of assault levied against Hollywood's own Harvey Weinstein. As Hollywood actresses are beginning to become the face of the movement, many activists, notably black women, began to push back and place Burke back in the spotlight as the true founder of this movement. Since then, she has been interviewed numerous times, covered by Time magazine, among their silence breakers for persons of the year. Thank you, Tarana Burke, for being a force in the movement and lending a voice to the countless survivors of sexual assault. You are truly Black excellence personified. Well, beautiful people, that's the show. It's nice being back. I miss being on the mic. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. Covered a lot here, starting with what's happening now and talking about the allegations against Brett Kavanaugh for sexual assault as he aims to be seated as the next U.S. Supreme Court Justice. I believe Dr. Christine Blasey Ford talked about Serena's defiance at the U.S. Open and demand for an apology as women around the country sat up and were reminded that we have a voice and power. It's time we use it as Serena did. It's time we challenge the status quo. In self-care with all that is happening in the news cycle, it's time again to take some real time for self-care, especially for those who have survived sexual assault or rape because the last few days could have been exceptionally triggering. Take some time for you. Shut off social media. Turn off the news and get back to you. You deserve it. Finally, Black Excellence Spotlight was on Tarana Burke, founder of the Me Too movement, her work shifting society and getting us to come to terms with the horrors of sexual assault. I hope we see a change by way of this movement. If you haven't already, make sure you like the Beautifully Complicated podcast page on Facebook. The link is in the show notes. Follow me, Sheena, your host on Instagram and Twitter at Sheena D1, S-H-E-E-N-A, the letter D and the number one. Like this show, rate, subscribe, and share with family and friends. Make sure you continue the conversation from the show on our page or with those around you. I look forward to hearing from you. Stay connected, stay fabulous, and always remember the best life is beautifully complicated. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.